0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey, good morning. It is great to be here today. Man, I am jacked up today, and it's not because of Red Bull or Monster. It is because, uh, man, the Holy Spirit is here in this place. People are getting baptized in a new life today, and uh, man, it's just, and I've missed you. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I hope you missed me. Hope you missed us. I don't know. but, uh, and are your days all kind of screwed up, by the way, too? You, all week long have you been going, what day is it? Where am I at? It just feels it's been weird, uh, around here in Charleston. But, um, it's just, it's great to be here today. And I'm excited. And we're in this Unshakable series. And uh, wow, could, it be, could, it, could a series be more timely uh, than Unshakable? Standing strong in the storms of life. And then you look at the graphic that we picked out for this thing. And um, we had nothing to do with Hurricane Matthew, by the way. But um, it's amazing how God uh, can use even the uh, pain and circumstances in our life for His good. Uh, for our good and his glory. And uh, I know that's what he's going to do with this storm around the world. Um, And uh, by the way, if you're new with us today, we do have a gift for you. It's it's our unshakable book. And uh, on your way out today, feel free to pick one of these up. Uh, at the kiosk, and uh, it kind of follows along with the series that we're in uh, right now, Unshakable. Uh, today is Baptism Sunday, and we are excited about that. There's several people that are getting baptized in the first and the second service, and if, if that's you today, uh, if you're wondering what do I do and where do I go, uh, it'll be right after communion. And so, uh, during communion, if you want to, you can feel free. if you haven't already changed and you're getting baptized, uh, you can quickly do that during communion, and then just come and sit. Uh, On the front row, and if you're here today, and you know, I I love this passage in Scripture in Acts, where uh, the Ethiopian eunuch uh, uh, is—he hears the gospel, and uh, he gets saved, and he comes uh, to some water, and he goes, well, he tells Philip, "Well, well, there's some water. I guess what's preventing me from getting baptized, and so they baptize him right then and there. And, uh, you know, maybe that's you today. Maybe you've been coming to Coastal, and you've been hearing the good news, you've heard the gospel, you've taken that step of faith, and you're ready to take this uh, outward profession of your faith through baptism. And so today, believe it or not, we actually have t-shirts, we got, we got shorts, we'll, we'll take care of you today. We got towels, t-shirts, and shorts. So if you're here today and you'd like to get baptized, uh, come up and sit on the front row during communion, see me, and uh, we'll work that out with, with you. you. Um, we're today in part four of this series, I want us to talk about doubt, dealing with doubt. You know, when things are going good, it's easy to have faith, isn't it? I mean, when things are well, you know, you're succeeding, it just it's easy to have faith. But when things aren't going good, when you are facing the storms of life, and uh, you know, like uh, a week ago, when you're watching the news and they're telling you, that the storm is going to be worse than Hugo. And uh, do you remember seeing this guy? And uh, if you haven't seen it on, on YouTube, you need to look this up. Uh, the weather, uh, the meteorologist who said, hey, you need to get out now because if you stay, you're going to die and your children will die too. Did, did you remember seeing that? You need to, you need to Google that. But uh, that's when doubt begins to creep in, right? I mean, when, when you're, when you're uh, faced with those types of circumstances. And my guess is today is that there are a lot of you that are here who are also struggling with doubt. Uh, Maybe some doubts have come into your life and they're keeping you from trusting God in an important area of your life. Uh, I think we all struggle with doubt from time to time, if we're honest. I I think that's normal. But what's not normal is staying there, staying in your doubt. Uh, God wants us to confront our doubt with faith, and that's what I want us to talk about today. And we're going to look at how, with God's help, we can overcome five of, I would say, five of the biggest kinds of doubts that I think come into our lives that keep us from living that life that God wants to live. And we're going to do that today by looking at uh, a story in the life of Jesus from Mark chapter 9. You can go ahead and turn there in your Bible. It's going to be on the screen here in just a moment. But let me give you a little context uh, for what's going on here in this story. Uh, Jesus has been uh, at the top of a mountain with three of his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John. And they have literally had what we would call a mountaintop experience. Uh, Moses and Elijah have appeared to them. They hear the voice of God. It is this unbelievably spiritual moment for them. And then they come down off the mountain. And they've got to go back into the valley of everyday life. And when they do, they walk into a firestorm. Uh, A mess. I pick up in verse 14. At the foot of the mountain, they found a great crowd surrounding the other disciples as some teachers of the religious law were arguing with them. And we'll drop to verse 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and he said, Teacher, and of course he's uh, addressing Jesus. He says, Jesus, I, I brought my son for you to heal him. He can't speak because he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this evil spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground and makes him foam at the mouth and grind his teeth and, and, becomes, and he becomes rigid. So, again, think exorcist, okay? I mean, head spinning, pea soup spitting. I mean, this is what's going on, okay? And so the father continues. He says, So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. So, again, here's this dad, right? Uh, he brings his son. Uh, to the disciples for healing. And again, his, his, his son has been this way. It's awful. He doesn't know what to do. But he, he sees what's been happening with the disciples and, and the followers of Jesus. And so he brings uh, his son to them for healing, and nothing happens. And so then the religious leaders are there, and they start arguing with them and telling them that they got to be a fake, and you know, Jesus is a fake. And, and so the father begins to have doubts. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you until you believe? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. When the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father, and he replied, since he was very small. The evil spirit often makes him fall into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us. Do something, and then this is important. Listen to this. Do something, what does he say? If you can. If you can. Three words. If you can. He doubted. The disciples couldn't do it. You know, if they couldn't do it, you know, Jesus, maybe you can't do it. But if you can, you know, would you? Verse 23. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly replied, listen to this. I do believe, this is important, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Spirit of deafness and muteness, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and and left him. And the boy lay there motionless, and he appeared to be dead. A murmur started running through the crowd. He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, well, this kind can only be cast out by what? By prayer. Now, before we dig into this uh, this this story a little bit deeper and and talk about some specific types of doubts that I think we see here and that I think we all face today. Let me make just five quick, really quick observations about doubt in general from this story, okay? Number one, it's easy to have faith when we're on the mountaintop, but it's hard not to doubt in the valley. That's the truth, right? Right? I mean, when you're on the mountaintop, when you're with Jesus, and man, you're close with him, and you're coming to church, and you're singing, and, and you're with your friends, it's easy, it's easy to have faith. But when you've got to walk back down into the valley of real life in the real world on Monday and Tuesday, sometimes it's hard not to doubt. Number two, doubt is a sign that there's something wrong. There's a broken connection with you and God. Doubt is kind of like this red, you know, flashing light, this warning light that something is not quite right. Now, listen to me. I want to be clear about this. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. None of that. It just means that, you know, something's not right. Number three, my doubts limit limit God's power in my life. God's power, God's activity. The father turned to Jesus and said, well, if you can do this, will you heal my son? And Jesus turned it around on him and said, listen, it's not about me. I can do anything. I'm God. It's really more about about you. Anything is possible if you believe, and when you doubt, it limits God's power, his activity. Now, that doesn't mean there's always going to be a healing, but what I'm saying is it still limits his activity and what he will do in that situation, what he can do. Number four, Jesus only requires, this is the good news, you ready? Jesus only requires a small amount of faith, just a little bit. Remember, the Father's Prayer really was just dripping with doubt. But but listen, Coastal, that's okay. It's okay to have doubt because Jesus just needs a small amount of faith. And number five, the essential tool in all of this to overcoming doubt and getting God's presence and His power and His activity is prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. It's this connection with God. The disciples were confused. They said, hey, we've been healing people. You know, why, why couldn't we heal this boy? And Jesus said, well, this, only, this kind of healing can only come about through prayer. Prayer, that's what I want us to talk about today. What, 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 it, what it does, how it connects us with God, because that's what prayer is. It's, it's talking to our Heavenly Father. It's connecting with Him. Even though this father doubted, this, this man doubted, in this simple prayer, You know, I do believe, but help me with my doubts. He connected with Jesus, and then Jesus connected to him. So, let me ask you something. When was the last time you really prayed? I mean, that you connected with God. And God connected with you and you came before him and you just poured out your heart to him and you let him know about the doubts that you had and you let him speak into your doubts. That's what Jesus wants. And what I'm trying to say is that prayer, this relationship, it's essential if we're really going to overcome the storm that we face, the storm of doubts, because the doubts are going to come. And so for the rest of our time today, I want to talk about five, I think, of of the, the bigger doubts that come into our lives, all of our lives. And when they do, they really can shake us, and they can keep us from standing strong. So let's take a look. Number one, here's the first one: difficult circumstances. Number one, when difficult circumstances cause doubt, my prayer, my, my prayers release God's power or release God's activity uh, in, in my life. Facing difficult circumstances, going through the rough storms of life, that's one of the biggest reasons why we doubt. You know, maybe you're here today and you're dealing with a sickness, an illness. Maybe you recently lost a loved one. You have a marriage that's falling apart. You're having trouble at school or you're having trouble with your finances. You know, those, those difficult circumstances come into your life and you begin to think quite honestly, God, where are you? You know, you start asking the why questions. Why? Why is this happening to me? You know, God... You know, do you really love me? Now, last week, remember, or two weeks ago, we talked about death, and we said that, listen, God's love for you is big enough. It's big enough to handle your anger, directed at him. And his love for you is even big enough to handle your doubts. Well, that happened to the man in in the story. His son is possessed by an evil spirit, violently throws him to the ground. Listen, that's enough. I mean, when something happens to your kid, right, that's enough right there. That's enough to make you doubt. God, why? Why is this happening? Why did you allow this? Now, here's what Satan wants. Satan wants you to stay in your doubt during those difficult circumstances. When when, when that comes into your life, his first step is to take that doubt and put it between you and God and then just to to wedge it in as deep as he can and and separate, drive drive a wedge between you and between God. But even though God may not have caused that difficult circumstance, listen to me. By his grace and his mercy and his great love, he still wants to use it. Not to push you further away, but to draw you closer to him. That's what it's all about anyway, right? That's what he wanted in the first place. It's just a relationship. So he wants to use that so that you would rely on him more, so that you'll depend on him more. So that you'll come to him and you'll you'll ask for his power, ask for his presence. Listen, that right there, that relationship, that prayer... That's what I'm talking about, prayer. It, it's, it's God's pipeline. You know, when we connect to God in prayer, that's when we have access to his peace, his presence. And yes, even his activity, even his power comes to, into our lives and begins to deal with the storm that we're facing. In verse 23, Jesus said, anything is possible when a person believes. There's nothing that God can't do when we come to him. And if you're here today and you're in the midst of a difficult storm, and you've got doubts, and your faith has been shaken, you're going through it. A tough time. You know, if that's you today, maybe, maybe your prayer is simply very similar to the the dad's prayer. God, I do believe. But help me overcome my doubt. Help me overcome the doubt in my life because of this, this difficulty I'm going through right now. Help me to trust your heart when I can't trace your hand. That's number one. Number two, intellectual arguments. They cause doubt. And when that happens, my prayers remind me of God's presence, God's presence. You know, think about it. In in the story in Mark chapter 9, remember there's all these legalistic, religious leaders who are present, okay? And then when the disciples can't heal this kid, man, they jump all over it. And they start arguing. That's what the scripture says. And and I'm sure they're you know accusing the disciples of being fake and phonies and how Jesus must be a fraud because of this. And and so they're stirring up all kinds of trouble. And of course, what does it create in everybody's mind, I'm sure? Doubt. You know, sometimes in our life, when we hear intellectual arguments that are against Jesus or against our faith, when it comes from a friend... Or even a or a professor, whoever it comes from, it can plant that seed of doubt in our minds, and it begins to make us question our faith. Now, I don't have time today, you know, to get into a kind of an apologetics, you know, lecture or teaching, if you will, or talk about the reasonable defense of our faith. In fact, earlier this summer. Uh, this year, this past summer, we did a series called Summer Reading, remember that? And one of the books that we actually used was A Case for Faith. And that's exactly what that book is. It's an apologetic book about a defense for our faith by uh, by Lee Strobel. But I, I will tell you this, our faith, our Christianity is a faith of reason. You know, for Christians, we don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed. Faith and reason actually go together. And listen to me, faith and science are not in conflict with one another. I think they actually work together. For a believer, science just answers the how question, how it works. But faith answers the question of why, where we come from. So I want you you to understand, listen, if you'll look into it, our faith is intellectually sound. It is reasonable. Many of the greatest uh, thinkers in human history were believers. Many of the greatest thinkers today are followers of Jesus. Now, having said all of that, you do need to get this today. Real faith is not created through intellectual arguments. In the same way, doubt that is created by intellectual arguments, I don't really think is overcome by more intellectual arguments. I think faith develops when we experience Jesus in a real way. When we experience his presence. When we experience his love in such a way that it just becomes undeniable that he's real. That's why prayer is so important. That's why relationships with other people, why that's so important. Because in prayer, in those relationships, I'm reminded of God's presence. I'm reminded of those times when I knew that Jesus was there. When I, when I know that God is real, when I, when I knew that there was something more to this life than just the here and now, what I can, you know, see and touch. I bet you've had times like that in your own life. Times when you were down and God was there for you. And he helped you in an undeniable way. And you felt his, his presence in a real way. That's why prayer is so important, because when you're feeling that, when you're you're feeling down and you're feeling those doubts, that's when you can connect with God and He still can remind you, I am real, I am there for you, don't forget, you don't have to doubt, you know that I exist, you've experienced me. You see, no intellectual argument can ever produce doubt that's greater than your own personal experience. And so let me say this, if you're here today and maybe you're struggling and there's been a seed of doubt that's been planted in your mind because of an intellectual argument, yes, seek out those answers. Yes, seek out some resources, but maybe you need to come to Jesus and simply pray. Jesus, I do believe, but help me to overcome my doubt that's been caused by this this argument or this person or this friend. God, reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me again in a very personal and real way so that it's undeniable. Help me with my doubt. Number three, imperfect Christians cause doubt today. And and when that happens, your prayers to God, your your relationship with Him, enable you to look past them to see Jesus. Jesus. You know, think, think about the dad in the story again in Mark 9. I mean, he is scared. And so he brings his son to the disciples to be healed, and they can't do it. The disciples, what? They failed. They did. And, and even when Jesus, you know, came on the scene, he begins to think, well, again, you know, they couldn't do it, and, you know, they're frauds. so Jesus, I'm not sure you can do it. If you can, maybe, you know, maybe he's thinking, he, Jesus might be a fraud. Listen, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people who have had their faith shaken when someone who is a Christian or somebody who says that they're a Christian fails. And maybe even personally lets them down. How many people do you know who have walked away from their faith because they got burned by a pretty bad church church experience? You know, maybe it was a pastor or a church leader who uh, had an affair or it was the um, child abuse scandal in the Catholic church or they just saw a TV evangelist and they, you know, they say to themselves man if, if they're a fraud surely Jesus must be one too listen do not let an imperfect person or an imperfect pastor or an imperfect church cause you to turn your back on the perfect Savior. Christians are not perfect. We're just forgiven sinners. But Jesus is perfect. So the goal is to Keep your eyes on him. Look past that, you know, imperfect person and look to Jesus. In fact, Hebrews 12, 2, listen to this, what does it say? Let us fix our eyes on who? Let us fix our eyes on who, Coastal? Jesus. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him, you, me, endured the cross, scorning its shame, He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Again, that's why why this prayer, this prayer life, this this continual relationship with God is so important because when you're talking to God, when you're focusing on Jesus, you're able to see past that person's imperfection and see the perfection of Jesus. Because listen to me, listen, if if you're only putting your faith in people, eventually you're going to be let down. There are no perfect people. You know, so if you're coming here today and you think you're perfect, you need to leave. You need to get up and go because you're going to mess it up for the rest of us, okay? Because because we're not perfect. I am not perfect. If you got me up on a pedestal, you, you get me down now. Take me down. Listen, if you're here and your faith has been hurt and doubt has entered into your life because of the hurt and the pain and the failure that you've experienced because of a previous church or someone who is a Christian let you down. You know, don't let that keep you from turning to the one who is perfect. And if that's you today, and this is what I want you to think about in each one of these little sections, a prayer that maybe you could pray, just like this Father. Jesus, I believe but help me overcome the doubt I have in my life and in my mind because of the hurt that I've experienced because of this person or this particular church or this particular pastor. Number four, I think another thing that comes into our life and creates all kinds of doubt is I'm calling it times of spiritual dryness. When times of spiritual dryness cause doubt, Your prayer life allows you to hear God's voice. It allows you to hear God's voice. Listen, everybody in this room, at one time or another, you're going to go through a time of spiritual dryness. Where you don't feel God's presence. Now that's where you can't rely on your feelings. And you have to stand on the truth of God's word because feelings are deceptive, feelings come and go. But there's going to be times in your life where it feels like God is a long way off. And maybe during those times you pray and you don't even feel like you're hearing God's voice. Again, that's why it's dryness. That's why it feels like you're in a desert. And I, I really believe that in every Christian's life there comes those times when you feel that way. I felt it. We all have, where you felt separated from God a little bit, and, and you know the truth, but and yet your experience right then feels otherwise. And I, I'm saying during those times, that's when doubts can creep in. And you begin to doubt God's love for you. You doubt his care. And I think there are times when you, you might even get to the point where you doubt his existence, that, that he's abandoned you. Now the truth is, and you need to know this, Again, this is why you need to base your relationship with God on, on the truth, on the rock-solid foundation of the truth of his word. God never abandons you. He never forsakes you. He never leaves you. He still loves you. And, and there, there's nothing wrong with you. We all go through this. I think there are times in relationships where you go through that, by the way, where there's just, you know, again, you can't, base your relationship on your feelings, you have to base it on your commitment that you've made and push through those times. Um, and I can't tell you why you why you necessarily go through it, but I can tell you this is that God still has a purpose for it. And I think if you'll let him, he'll even draw you closer to him through it. I mean, think about the people in the Bible that you know and and, and admire and look up to. David, you know, the Bible says, here's a guy that was after God's heart. He wrote in the Psalms one time, God, why are you standing so far away from me? Job, a man that God loved and was faithful, he cried out to God, God, why have you abandoned me? And then Jesus, God's own son, don't you remember when he's being crucified on the cross? He cried out, what did he say? my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? We all experience it. And I don't know why exactly you're going through what you're going through right now, but I do know that God could use it to develop your faith, to mature you, to draw you to him. He might even be trying to prepare you for something bigger. He's taking you through that desert right now to make you stronger and to help you get ready for the next step. Again, those times of dryness come, but your feet need to be planted firmly in the truth of God's Word. And and you need to continue to pray, even though you don't necessarily feel it, so that you can hear God speak when He does. I love what Psalm one says, talking about people who are planted firmly in that foundation, in the word of God and in prayer. It says, they are like trees planted along a river bank, bearing fruit in each season. The, the leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. So if you're going through that time of dryness right now, keep doing the next right thing, keep praying, keep You know, stay in God's word. Don't don't trust your feelings, but do trust the commitment. Trust Trust the perfect Savior. And maybe your prayer is this. Jesus, I do believe, but help me overcome my doubt in this season of dryness. Help me not to trust my feelings, but help me to trust you. Number five, recurring sin in our lives. It causes doubt. And when that happens, your prayer reveals God's grace, his mercy. Raise your hand. Ready? Not if you're on Facebook, okay? Here's here's this one. Raise your hand if you have ever struggled with the same sin over and over and over again. At the end of the day, you feel like a horrible human being. Raise your hand. Okay? If you've ever had that struggle. Now, for those of you who did not raise your hand, you're struggling with lying. Okay? (laughs) You're a liar and the truth is not in you, okay? Listen, we all feel that way, right? We've all been there, we've all done that, me included. Listen, not only do we all feel that way, and we've all been there and done that, but even the greatest Christian missionary who ever lived, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he wrote these words in Romans 7. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. Thank God. The answer is not in me and my own goodness and in religion. It's in Jesus Christ our Lord. So now, listen to this. Listen, there is now no, what? no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Man, that's good news. You see, when we pray, it releases God's power in our lives, sure. And God's power hopes you overcome those sins that, that you're battling. And God wants you, to, you and I to continue to fight the good fight. But you need to listen to me. You don't win all those battles. It doesn't end the struggle. In fact, let me say this. The more you live for God, the more you, you walk by faith, the harder the struggle is going to be. Because the closer you are to God, the more Satan is going to try to step in and, and, and trip you up. The Bible says he's a, a roaring lion seeking whom, whom he may devour. The Bible says he came to steal, rob, and destroy. You know, that, that's for believers. The struggle doesn't get easier when you come to church and, and you become a Christian and you follow Jesus. No, it, gets, it, it intensifies. While you receive God's power to help you overcome the sin that you're fighting. Listen to this. This is so awesome. God also gives you the grace and the forgiveness when you lose those little battles, when you slip up. You see, once you've asked Christ to come into your life, whenever you go to him, and you ask him for forgiveness, guess what happens? He forgives you. That's grace. You didn't earn that. I I, I can't earn that. I can't work for that. That's what grace means. It's, it's you know, the, the old acrostic, God's riches at Christ's expense. You know, it, it's something you don't deserve. It's something we can't earn. It's absolutely free. There's no strings attached. It's God's grace. Now, sometimes as believers, we forget that God's grace is available to us. You know, we just walk around in shame and guilt and and then we get disconnected from God and we don't pray and not only do we forget that God is extending His grace to us, we forget to extend grace to ourselves. And it's through prayer that God reminds you that you're forgiven. You're covered by grace. Now, if anything, what what should that make you do? You know, even the Apostle Paul said, you know, so because... You know, sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So does that mean mean that we should just sin even more, you know, so we have more grace? It's like, no. Man, we're so grateful and so thankful. We want to continue to, you know, to battle and to continue to live for him. But we sometimes, we just forget that. We forget that we're covered by grace. Even though sin beats you up, even though sometimes it knocks you down, the Apostle Paul said, you and I are no longer slaves to it. So maybe that's you today. And you've forgotten that, as a believer, you're covered by grace. And you've had this problem with this recurring sin. Like the Apostle Paul, I want to do the right thing, but I don't. I want to do the good thing, but I don't. I keep doing the wrong thing. Maybe it's time for you today to pray a prayer like that father. And say, Jesus, I do believe. But help me to overcome my doubt that's been caused by my sin. I keep messing up. God, help me to remember that I am covered by grace. Help me to remember that I have the power of the Holy Spirit. There are some of you here today and you're really struggling with doubt. And I think there might be some of you here today who are struggling with doubt to the point that it's kept you from being able to finally say yes to Jesus, to give your life to him, And you keep saying, I I don't know. I don't know if he's real. I'm not sure I can trust him. But deep in your heart, just like that dad, you know, you know there is something more to life. Something more than the here and now. And your faith might be very, very small. But it's there. And even though you don't have it all figured out. And even though there are these doubts that are rolling through your mind because of difficult circumstances, intellectual arguments, some imperfect Christians or a past of pain from a church or a season that you've been going through where just nothing feels right or you feel like you just keep blowing it and blowing it, blowing it. Whatever's caused it, you know in your mind that Jesus really is real and you need him in your life. And listen, today, God wants to give you his free gift of grace. You do not have to be perfect to receive God's grace. Just like the father in this story, you only have to have enough faith to ask Jesus for help in fact it is it is okay to pray god i do believe but help me not to doubt that is enough and just like the story jesus can come into your life today and heal you heal you of your sin That's the greatest storm that you're facing right now. It's our need for forgiveness. And so today you can receive his grace. What did Paul say? But thanks be to God, the answer to our sin problem is Jesus. And once you are in him, there is no condemnation. You are forgiven. In fact, here's the unbelievable news. It's hard for me to comprehend this, but this is what happens. When Jesus comes into our life, when God looks at, at me now because of Jesus, not because of me, but because of him, he looks at me and you know what he finally sees, what he says? Perfect. He sees me already as his child, free of all stain, free of all sin, but that only comes when you put your faith in him. Are you ready to do that? It's okay to doubt, just don't stay there. Take that next step, whatever it might be, And my guess is for all of us today, it's through prayer. If you're ready to come home to to God for the very first time, you can do that right now. We can go to him in prayer right now and you can place your faith in Christ and be made brand new, have a clean conscience, walk out of here today with a home assured for you in heaven for all eternity. You're never going to get a better deal than that. Your sin for his grace, forgiveness. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you today. Thank you for your word that we can stand firmly on. Thank you that your love really is big enough to handle even our doubt. God, the truth is we're all like this dad in so many ways. We've all been through pain. We've all had times where people have tried to argue us out of our faith or we've we've been hurt by people who claim to be believers and they've disappointed or we just go through times of, Dryness. There's no other way to describe it. The desert. We just struggle with the same stupid sin. And we keep failing. All these things and more creates doubt. Father, help us to believe and help us not to doubt. And maybe you're here today and today's your, the day, your day when you're ready to Just come to Christ with that small amount of faith. Just in your own heart. God, I do believe. Help me not to doubt. I believe Jesus really is your son. I don't understand it all, but today I believe it. I have that small amount of belief. I believe he came to this earth and he went to a cross for me, my sin. He died on that cross as a payment, as a sacrifice for me. But death and sin could not contain him. And three days later, he rose from the dead, and he is alive. He has power over sin and death. And I believe it, God. And for the rest of my days, I don't promise to be perfect. I don't promise never to blow it. But I'm going to do my best to follow you, to walk by faith. And I know that my my faith is not based on my perfection. It's based now on the perfection of your son, Jesus. I put all my trust in him and him alone. Thank you, God. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me brand new. And Father, help all of us today. There's a lot of believers in this room today, too, and there's so many times where we struggle and when we doubt. We believe. Help us not to doubt. We pray all these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.